Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Big Footy Podcast. I am, of course, the Wookiee. With me tonight is a variable who's that of the Big Footy Forum. Uh, the legendary Old Dark Navies. I've missed you all. <laughs> and, and I also have here the uh, somewhat less legendary but equally annoying messenger. I've missed none of you. <laughs> And uh, joining us as well from the uh, on the up Port Adelaide Football Club, uh, Russell Ebert Hamble. Merry Christmas, all. We're almost there, aren't we? And uh, joining us uh, for his first time on the Big Footy Podcast and representing the Essendon Football Club in what has been a big week for them, uh, Jade. G'day, all, and I'm already starting to regret this. <laughs> First item on the agenda, of course, uh, and we'll get the light stuff out of the way first, but uh, Russell Ebert Hamble, Adelaide Oval opened, kind of opened anyway for the cricket. Uh, did you go? How, how, how is that shaping up? Uh, yeah, I went Friday, Sunday, Monday. Um, fantastic. Half a billion dollars should buy you something half, or more than half decent. And um, the Southern Stand, great viewing for cricket and um, won't be a bad seat in the house for footy either. Pretty steep. Um, I, uh, at lunch on the Sunday, no, on the Monday, no, not lunch, at the end of the game, I went right up to the back row and um, be pretty similar to the last row of the MCG in the Great Southern Stand. I've been up there, um, probably not quite as far back. And I reckon it's just a fraction steeper. Uh, the, the, the design of the stadium is to, you know, you can spend as much time looking out as you can look in. There's um, a restaurant with this massive window that you can look at, maybe 10 metre windows you can look out towards the city. On top of that is the level 5 terrace at the back of level 5. And, you know, you know I think during the free there's going to be barbecues and stuff going. Um, you, once again, you look out towards the city. You know, all the mod cons, beers are $9.50, you know, your standard sort of crap. Uh, there, uh, the food's improved. Still overpriced, but better food uh, than at Footy Park, and um, lots of room and lots of great views. Okay. Um, anyone else see it on the TV? Any thoughts? Uh, it's looking good, isn't it? Um, certainly a lot better than uh, the Navy Stadium out there. So um, just just from what I can see on the TV, having a look at it, certainly looks like a much much higher quality stadium. So I'm looking forward to seeing the first game there. I think in uh, in round two next year, going to be a corker. I guess uh, the other big thing that's happened, of course, is the draft. The draft's over. How how do you guys rate the, uh, your team's performances in the draft? Well, from a Hawthorne perspective, I think uh, if you asked anybody in the Hawthorne board what they wanted, they they wanted midfielders, midfielders, and more midfielders, and it's exactly what they did. I guess the question is, are any of them any good? And we won't know that for a couple of years. So, I guess uh, it's uh, one of the, I guess uh, you know, no, I, I always enjoy reading the threads where people uh, win drafts and win trade periods. Of, Hi, G'day, mate. Sorry, my son's just turned up. Uh, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> He's two. He said hello to me. Come on. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it's uh, one of those things. Proof's always in the pudding in 12, 18 months' time, isn't it? Yep. <laughs> and, uh, I think he could, I could, he could do his intros for, the intros for you, man. He's got a deeper voice. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Jade? How do you rate your team's drafting? 
Oh man, I think Essendon did most of their work um, uh, prior to the uh, prior to the draft in the trade period. We we you know we've essentially swapped um, a, a mid round pick for uh, for two. I wouldn't say unknown, but certainly two players that we've got no idea whether they're actually going to come along or not. To bring in some of that youth, um, I think uh, the, the club and certainly the uh, the supporter base were very happy that, uh, that Zach Merritt slipped to 26. I was a little bit worried there uh, when we got into the early 20s that um, that he wasn't going to get there, so I was very happy with that. Um, Eurasio Fantasia, I couldn't tell you a thing about him other than the fact that he was uh, he, he was at Norwood uh, with, with Bassett. So uh, we, you know, obviously we, we've, we've taken a bit of a leap of faith there with um, with what Bassett thinks of him. Very, very lightly built, so I'm not sure how much football he's going to see um, in 2014. And then, obviously, with our third-round pick, we, we've upgraded Dalgleish uh, as a rookie selection. So I think we've done the best we possibly could, um, uh, considering the penalties that we, we were hit with uh, for this year. So, um, But you never know until, uh, until you see a few years of these players whether or not you've actually uh, got any value out of it. Excellent. Uh, Russell Ebert Hamble, how about your team's drafting, Matt? Um, well, usually uh, they like to sort of deflect a bit and say they want to get X and they end up going after Y. But this this time they said they wanted speed, speed and def- speedy defenders, and they got them. They obviously went after White in the free agency because we don't have any really fast taggers. Uh, Corns and Cassis can do job, but they not don't have that burst. Um, and that uh, what's called that unique blend of speed and endurance we seem to go after with. Impy, who I'd never really heard of until a week before the draft. Um, Bryn Jones and Amon I'd never heard of, and they're, they're all sort of 179, 180 sort of centimetre sort of guys. So we drafted small. We got Harvey with our second pick, and he's a 196 centimetre forward. Uh, and then our first pick in the uh, rookie draft was a guy who once again had speed and endurance and he's a small sort of defender because uh, I think um, especially the Aboriginal boys seem to cut us up all year. Um, Motlop, Motlop, we didn't have any answer in the three games we played against Geelong. Uh, Harvey Bunnell cut us up. Um, I think there was one other fast Indigenous kid that cut us up. Uh, it seems to be that that's what they went after. They said they wanted speed. Speedy defenders, and that's what they got. It just means that we're um, a bit short. We got two ruckmen on the main list, and put Renouf down to the um, lower list. So either Westoff and uh, Tringa going to pinch hit, or we might just have to recruit four out of five tools next year. Four out of five picks, let's say. Okay. Bit short. Okay. How we've left. And uh, ODN, how did you rate Carl in the drafting? I I know we disagree on this a little bit, Wookie. Um, but um, we had a lot of holes to fill, and we filled we filled a fair bit over that uh, that whole period. Uh, all our all our run we needed was addressed uh, through free agency and in, in uh, the trade month. Um, and in the in the draft, we uh, addressed our need for quality inside mids, and um, we got a developing tall who's a bit of a swing man, can play at both ends, and Giles. And uh, in the rookie draft, in the rookie draft, uh, we added Cameron Wood, so I'll leave it right there. All right. So, Sorry. No, no, can we just can we just revisit that for a moment? Cameron Wood <laughs> and, and the word "add." <laughs> oh, everybody's a critic. Tremendous. This is this is going to be. So, is that two lamp posts at Carlton now? You're trying to illuminate the whole street. 
This is true. We, this is true. We have uh, we have uh, two hundred and six centimeter and two hundred and four centimeter lampposts. Um, so if, if, if ever the ever the goalposts come down at um, at any of the stadiums we play at, we've got ready made replacements. So, so I, fi- look- I figure what they've done is because we're not allowed to have big floodlights at Princess Park, <laughs> we've just hired two guys to stand there with like big torches, um, and that's you know to cover training and stuff. That's that's how I figure we've done it. But, you know, oh, I tend to think Mickey, this was not a favoured choice of yours, Cameron Wood. I was not overly impressed with the selection, but uh, and I think uh, I expressed some words to the effect that uh, this was very Dennis Pagan esque of Mick Malthouse. But um, uh, yeah, let's leave it at that. I've 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 had my rant on the Carlton podcast, and I'll leave it there. Look, look, I, in, in fairness, given uh, the injury history of uh, Cruiser and especially Warnock, and they're the only two Ruckman left on our on our list because uh, God knows Rowe and Caswell are not Ruckman. Um, uh, having backup backup Ruck was good. Would have been nice to add a developing Ruckman as a rookie, maybe somewhere. But um, we, 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 I guess, we just had to allow for the, those possible injuries. Cameron Wood, uh, apparently, Collingwood supporters say he's, he's full of talent. It was just his work work ethic that's at, uh, in question. So, um, you know, if it's a second chance that he's after, um, you know, he, he's got an opportunity. But um, sorry, it's it's Third it's, it's not really. It, yeah. No, well, no, he wasn't. He was he was actually required. He was traded to Collingwood because Collingwood wanted him. Brisbane didn't want to lose him. So I, I only consider it a second chance. But um, you know, it's the, the, the price is pretty small. So. Sixty-four yeah. games in what five years or something? Six years? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, they Carlton consider him to be the uh, the best lamp out, out not on an AFL list, which is probably a bit bit of a stretch, but we would say that. Well, uh, inter- interestingly, Carlton have uh, aside from, aside from Wood, Carlton have gone with um, uh, two Irishmen on their on their rookie list. Port as well, Adelaide so. as well. Oh yeah, we had an Irishman. I forgot about him. Yeah. Dead. We had two Kiwis. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 <laughs> one of whom, one of whom may well actually be able to block out the sun. He is enormous. Yeah, Tatapu. Yeah, it's he's got big wraps on him. Muscles on his muscles. He's enormous. Big wraps on him from New Zealand as well. From the guys yeah. I was talking to. Over and uh, and if we're talking about personnel, I will say that Hawthorne Hawthorne's got uh, gone in uh, Dale Garlett watch. So we'll just see how yeah, we go. Yeah, it was an interesting year. selection, wasn't it? I can tell you, I was absolutely devastated when Hawthorne picked up Garland. I was hoping we might have been able to, uh, might have been able to secure him with our second pick. So, uh, good luck with him. And now that he's at Hawthorne, I'm, I'm hoping there's some sort of uh, wild uh, off-season parties that, uh, that that put a dent in that aspiration. But uh, no, I would have loved him at Essendon. Did, did Hawthorne leak some information about uh, Garland missing an appointment and interview? Possibly, uh, you think Dyson Heppel-esque uh, in terms of uh, the, the the osteitis pubis, that sort of that sort of tactic. You think? I I don't, put it past I don't know. Look, I wouldn't put it past us either, frankly. And all, all courage to us. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. But I know that um, the the club had been in contact with him pretty regularly, and um, they'd um, had. I don't think they'd had him come down and train or anything quite uh, quite as outlandish as that. But um, but um, no, they they'd obviously shown a bit of faith in him, so I guess we'll just see how we go. Absolutely. Hey guys, what did you think of GWS and their stockpiling of tall forwards? What is going on there? Do you think they're they're thinking in advance and that maybe they might be able to extract some value 
possibly next year by trading one of those tools off because that that is seriously a stacked forward line. I don't, I don't see that, how they can possibly go into a game. No, I reckon uh, we've seen the first case of somebody of a team report uh, recruiting a player, especially at such a high draft pick, purely uh, for currency later on. And I, I, I just it wasn't done for need. So um, I, I don't think we've ever seen that. Before. I don't know. They've got Patton who can't get on the field for long. He keeps injuring himself. Um, I think you, at, at this stage, with everyone being relatively untried, I think they're hedging their bets. I mean, Cameron's their only consistent forward. you got to, you know, and everyone's relatively inexperienced, so they're just going to keep piling stuff on until something works. I, I don't right. really see... Uh, and, I mean, if you're going to talk about piling up your forward line, you might want to take a look across the road at Sydney, who have piled in not just, uh, you know, Messenger's old mate Lance, but uh, Kurt Tippett. And uh, Christ knows who else is playing forward down there, but that, that's not exactly a small Reeves, forward line Goods. either. Good to be playing oh, that's forward what, they, the rest they, of his career. Uh, look, I would, as far as GWS goes, I think when Patton is obviously the big concern and they probably don't know what his, his ceiling is now. The other thing too is when you've won four games in two years, by definition your list's no good. Yeah. So really you take the best guy you can get your hands on every single time and then you sort it out from there. And look, if they comes and it comes to pass that they trade one of these guys down the track, is that such a bad thing? They're not going to they're not going to be able to do this in three or four years. No, that's no, right. And there's nothing right. to say that these guys won't be able to play either end of the field either. Big big guys hold their value. I, I did a post. I can't remember whether it was before the trade. I think it was after the draft. They've got 14 guys that are 194 centimetres or higher because 194 is what Cameron is, and Tomlinson, who plays in our forward, is 193. So there's 15 tall blokes. Yeah, and as, as, opposed, as opposed to Carlton, who wouldn't have more than four guys over yeah. 194 centimetres. Yeah. So, so they can trade them away. So they can, they'll can keep on getting top 10 picks because they'll trade... Big blokes hold their value. Yeah. And they also take longer. So you don't yeah. know... And these guys are all going to come at different points on the development curve. So yeah. you might have a couple that really leap in early, one or two years, and some might take four or five years. So, And Patton might, is probably going to be one of those purely by dint of injury. I certainly don't think they're... Um, I don't think they've made a mistake by, by recruiting the way they have. At the very least, they can um, they can trade them out. So, uh, And you're dead right in terms of they will hold their value. It doesn't matter if Patton gets on the field this year or, sorry, 2014 or not. Uh, he'll he'll still have some significant value at the trade table come the end of 2014. So uh, it's the first time I've ever seen it. But to be honest, I think it's actually quite a clever move. Um, they're, they're definitely hedging their bets and they know damn well that they can, uh, they can trade out if they have to. You... I think it does matter if Patton plays. I think he should. He has to play, and he has to show something, because really, I think if he hasn't played any decent football in three seasons, I don't know. I think you're selling you're selling him for fifty cents on the dollar at the end of it. If you if you think you're going to shove him out of the way. Sure, sure. I don't think it'd be. Uh, I don't think it'd be deliberate, and uh, and definitely, I think they would prefer to have him on the field. But um, they they still will be able to get something uh, something of value for him uh, at the end of the season. But to be honest, I think I think that we're sort of overplaying Patton's injuries a little bit. Um, you know, he's a big boy, but he's still quite young. Uh, I suspect he'll probably grow into himself and and um, and turn into to, you know, to the footballer that we expected he would be when he was taken number one. Okay, who were the biggest winners at the draft table? Oh, at the, in the end, I mean, St Kilda had three, three uh, picks in the top twenty or something, didn't they? So Brisbane, Brisbane did well. You got five pick, five round two picks. 
And, you know, there's, there seemed to be nothing much between guys from about 15 to 30, 15 to 40. It's all luck of the draw as to where they fell. They got, they got five or six of them. Yeah. Yeah. Look, you'll see all those threads on the draft board uh, in coming years asking people to redo the uh, 2013 draft, and uh, it won't it won't look anything like it was in a, in actual in re, in real time. So, you know, it's, it's all it's all speculation, isn't it? All I know is Adelaide seem to be pretty happy with their trading, and uh, <laughs> evidently well, get, it's, get, it's, getting something for Bernie Vince. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, they, you know, they got and they got Eddie Betts uh, through free agency, so that was a that was a free kick for them, and um, you know, so they they did well because they had uh, draft sanctions as well, didn't they? Yeah. Mm. Yes, they I did. Think, uh, I think Collingwood did exceptionally well out of the draft, and, and to be honest, they really did their good work during the trade period, being able to trade down uh, West Coast, yeah. to, which what has inevitably turned into Sharonberg and Freeman. I think they've done a great job. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it would have been better. I mean, we're talking Sharonberg and Aish at one stage. Um, um, I'm surprised they took Aish. Uh, sorry, they took Sharonberg ahead of Aish. Uh, personally, I would have thought they had Aish in front of him, but you know, you never know these things, do you? Well, it's what Sharonberg about 192, 193 centimeters. So he could play. He's a big body midfielder. He's a. He's I think he's a 190 from memory, Sharonberg. Yeah. I think he's a little taller than that. But anyway, he played key position at under 18 level. He doesn't grow much. He's a big body midfielder compared to us. How are we doing now? Is this that, better? That, that is a thousand percent better. Sorry, it's bath time at my house. Oh, we gathered that. Yes. When, when uh, your wife said bath time. At least I hope it was your wife and not your mum. No, it was different. <laughs> my my mum's my mum says party time. No. <laughs> yes. All right. So uh, we'll move on to some uh, more serious uh, stuff. Perhaps the fun stuff, as some of us know it. Uh, and uh, Jade Essendon uh, had some fun with the AFL this week. Uh, perhaps um, give us a bit of a rundown from the Essendon perspective as to uh, what happened this week. Did they? I uh, I didn't notice. <laughs> Your activities on the forum say otherwise. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, well, what happened? Uh, obviously, uh, News Limited got uh, got a little bit uh, of a nose out of joint, considering that uh, that Fairfax has been used as the mouthpiece um, of the AFL over this entire debacle. Um, apparently it seems, uh, that the, you know, for, for lack of a better term, the, you know, the herd camp has decided that they, they, they wanted to get, um, a, a little bit of mud, uh, slung at the AFL and possibly uh, a little bit taken off themselves. Clearly they've, uh, they've, they've entered into an arrangement with News Limited to, um, to get some story out. It was a very, very scripted, um, uh, appearance by, uh, by Tanya Heard. Uh, at the front of the the, uh, the palatial herd manor, um, in order to to to, uh, to, to sow the seeds that, uh, that 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 James Heard was indeed being paid after a very uh, very obvious leak to uh, to News Limited. Um, as far as the actual uh, the actual issue goes, I, I, honestly, I thought this was a massive beat up. Um, he was suspended, yes, but uh, you know, if, if it wasn't written into uh, to to any agreement. With the AFL that he couldn't be paid, then you know, then honestly, that's that you know the AFL had to blame 
for that. Uh, he should be paid um, if he's if he's contracted to be. Uh, much as I think that the issue itself is a massive beat up, I think the solution that they've come to is just it's just ridiculous. I I don't know if anyone's buying into this crap for lack of a better word, but he's being paid a lump sum in advance of 2014, so he's not paid for the calendar year. That's that's just a complete joke. Um, it's it's the AFL attempting to save face and doing it badly, but unfortunately, you know we know from experience that the uh, uh, well to put it put it one way that you know that a, a person is smart, but people are stupid. If people are seriously buying into that as a um, uh, as a solution, well, you know I think they need to have a good hard look at themselves. But um, yeah, this. Uh, people such as uh, you know, such as yourselves, for lack of uh, um, for lack of a better target, might say that this is a story that keeps on giving. But I think this is a story that just won't die. Um, we really need to get an end to this, and only Asada can do that. So, uh, with a bit of luck, they'll uh, they'll get off their collective um, rear ends and, uh, and and finally put an end to this uh, this debacle. I tell you what, as as punishments go. It's um, it, it's it, it's not particularly stringent, and really, all that's missing here is Vlad giving uh, Herdy a, a pedicure and a wristy at the end of it. Basically, <laughs> it's it's really, really, really. When you find out he's been paid, and the whole pay in advance, it's just. I mean, send in the bloody clowns. Send in the bloody clowns. Zero. Oh. Zero pain, zero punishment. He's got paid a million bucks to go on holidays for for a whole year. In France, well, that's and, it's and, a sabbatical. It's a sabbatical. And, and worked himself a, a two year extension. Well, I mean, holy Jesus, James heard way out in front of everybody here. And I was reading an article where um, one of the an Australian javelin thrower got a twenty month suspension because when the drug testers turned up to his room. The hotel staff couldn't tell the drug testers what room he was in, even though Athletics Australia had booked the room. So he was actually available for a test, but the testers couldn't find him, so he got a 20-month ban. James that, Heard gets a that sabbatical. Bannister? Is that Bannister? Yeah. Okay. I didn't realise that was the third strike. That's what happened. I knew, I knew he got I knew he got banned because he had three... Sorry, not three strikes, but he missed three um, visits. I didn't realise that's what happened on the third one. Yeah. <laughs> it's outrageous. Do well, you think... Uh, um, do, well, I mean, James heard himself... Um, I, I mean, I mean you'll, you'll obviously come down on one side of it or another. He's either been uh, the, the, the architect of a, you know, effective doping uh, regiment or he's been absolutely thrown under the bus because of, because of who he is. But... Um, you know the, the contract extension. I can tell you, having having attended the uh, having attended the Crichton Medal myself, um, it it seemed um, an act uh, by the board to to placate the supporter base that are clearly, uh, clearly, rightly or wrongly, clearly behind um, James Heard, having him um, having him suspended for you know for without any doping infringements. It, it was a it was a clear act to to placate that supporter base and make sure that they didn't. Uh, riot, for lack of a better word. So, um, has he come out of it well? I mean, certainly not from an opposition supporter perspective. He's he's now the devil, as far as the rest uh, of the AFL is concerned. But uh, from an Essendon perspective, he's he really has been rather hard done by. I think in all this, uh, with the stuff that's happened over the last week, I don't think anyone's opinion of Heard has changed. Essendon people still back him, and everyone else still thinks he's a petulant little tosser. I think so. Yeah. Um, 
that's that's <laughs> that's the blunt way of putting it. I, I don't think anyone thinks Heard came out any looking any better out of this. The only thing that has changed is the AFL have been made to look even more incompetent than people might have thought they already were. How? That the, uh, that's not that's not what Caroline Wilson would say. She'd say the one that comes out the worst out of this is James Heard. Now, not Andrew Demetrio, but James Heard. This makes James Heard look well, worse. Heard isn't looking any better though. Like every every time. I agree with that. But but when Demetrio goes on in his usual bluff and bluster, I'm telling you, Neil, I'll go to my grave. You know, he's not getting paid. Here's the thing though. Here's the thing with that. Bullshit. Demet- or he's incompetent. With that, though, he seemed absolutely adamant that Heard wasn't getting paid. I'm wondering if there's a disconnect between Fitzpatrick and uh, Demetrio. I think Demetrio so served his time now as, uh, as, AF, uh, as AFL chief executive. Um, he, in my opinion, certainly needs to go. It really does. De- for me, it really does depend on uh, how how that's um how the how the relationship with the commission's actually going because with the commission stepping in on several occasions during this Essendon thing, if they can't trust the executive to run the league. Look I, look I you know, Dimitro's done other things, you know, that are fairly questionable, you know, the the, the whole Melbourne and Adelaide penalties, you know, the yeah, tanking when, fine when, for not tanking, that sort of I I, I don't have any problem. I actually don't have any problems with the way the Adelaide and Melbourne penalties were dealt with. There's a, a massive problem that sporting leagues worldwide have, and I've expressed this in the footy industry forum. But no, you, it's, you not, can't... it's not that, look. It's the fact you, you, you're dishing out penalties and then saying that this didn't happen. You're actually sugarcoating the you, reasons you, you're dishing out penalties. It makes us look stupid. There's no legal coverage for it, though, Odeon. There's no legal I mean, definition of tanking. There's no legal definition. It, it, it doesn't matter. It's the same basic. Nothing, nobody did anything wrong. We'll say you didn't do this, but we're going to fine you. Just accept that penalty and go away. Just so we can be seen to have done something to protect our image. I don't believe being soft on one hand but trying to be hard on the other hand is actually protecting our image. I, make, I reckon it's making us look really wishy-washy and it's, and it's affecting the integrity of the game. So, I mean, it's, if it's, we just it's, took a hard line stand and said, you know what? These guys are bloody cheating, and we're going after them. Yeah, you know? it's, a, it's in nobody's whatever interest. Whatever it is, just stop, stop trying to have a bet each way. And and I think he's trying to be friends to everybody, and it's making them friends to nobody. I think he's having trying said, to get the league out of court, yeah, Odeon. So, having said that, if he comes out worse worse out of this whole thing than anybody at Essendon, that'll be a travesty. You're lacking, uh, you're lacking the golden ticket, which says Essendon's guilty, and that is any infraction of any kind um, from that's a doping not, perspective. That's not specifically true either, though, Jade. Your own internal report says you were fucking around. Well, our own, own internal report says that we had uh, we had bad governance issues, which led to a. Uh, and I, I please excuse the fact that I uh, that I'm not using the exact words in the report, but that a. Uh, effectively a chemistry experiment that went bad or wasn't appropriately governed but we, we're yet to see uh, a single uh, Essendon player uh, infracted for for uh, illegal drug use or, or illegal supplement use. Is, is now that, that may very well happen we don't we don't know this it's, as yet. It's, but it's, but, it is but does, it, does it take infractions or is it the fact that we don't have paperwork that we can't pinpoint individuals in your mind? Absolutely and if, if uh, it, look if, if all it took was shredding some paper at Essendon um, you know, to get away effectively scot free uh, from this debacle, then you know, then seriously, how well have the AFL governed and how well have Asada investigated? Yeah, no. Well, the, the, doesn't the the code doesn't you know if the, the code says if there's any doubt there, if the suspicions there, if there's any substances that can be traced back to you, you're gone. But that won't that won't affect players. That'll only affect the club. 
which makes but me see, think Asada, that there are... Asada doesn't have any power. Asada doesn't have any power, and, and please correct me if I'm wrong on this, to, to, to infract the club itself. They can infract the players, they can ban coaches, but they can't do anything with the club. The AFL can infract the club, which they have, um, uh, as we've for, seen with the... With, but not for doping. The, Under the the WADA code, um, officials, administrators, coaches can be banned. Yes. So so they they can be called to account. That's what happened in Armstrong. Armstrong was given a life ban, but five others who weren't cyclists were given life bans because they were team officials. Three doctors, the... um, the, the well, not massa preparator or whatever it's called, and um, the sporting director, the director sportif, uh, Brunel. So you, you, what you've got is you you can have individuals who are club officials who can be um, banned from the sport and therefore banned from all other sports. And Absolutely. You've got you've got the AFL code, which pretty much ties in with the water code but you've also got the afl as as you saw with bringing the game into disrepute they've got their rules so you know if the afl wanted to load up they could really load up on the club and the officials would it be fair to say that the the afl have have done their dash as far as Essendon is concerned they've they've dished out the penalties for for the crime that they uh, assumed was there the only thing that's left now is for anything that, that Asada and, by extension, Wada wanted to do. So, really, the only thing we have left is is players. Um, from this point forward, no, I don't no, think there's no. anything that could possibly happen to the club, considering that the CEO uh, that was in place at the time is gone, the chairman that was that was in place at the time is, is now gone, um, Kokoran, obviously, as our, uh, as our football manager slash administrator, whatever his title may have been at the time, is under suspension at the moment. Um, and Hurd is obviously on his on his twelve month sabbatical. There's there's, there's nobody left um, from an administration perspective of any consequence um, to uh, to infract it, isn't it? That doesn't they, absolve they, the they, club of guilt, though. No, but you, you could in, you could they could infract Bomber for two years. They could infract Hurd for two years. So Bomber's coaching at the moment. I don't I, think I, I don't think Bomber would, but as a coach, he potentially is in the gun. Potentially, I don't I, think it'll happen. Yeah, but the look, CEO's I, the CEO's not in the gun, or the ex CEO. No. Look, I I, th- I think that, that those possibilities are still there, Jade. That, but but I agree with what you're saying. The AFL didn't just get those guys for governance; they got them for the whole lot and called it governance. So I don't think the AFL will go down that line of penal of, of penalties, even if the uh, doping against officials that, that uh, charges come up. It depends whether a starter accept that or not. It depends whether Wada accepts it. Under the yeah, AFL yeah. code, Asada doesn't have the right of appeal, but Wada does. It specifically yeah. names Wada as having that right. Um, and given the recent revelations concerning Asada and uh, the um, oh, potential uh, uh, misconduct, about John the, comments. What's that? Yeah. Yeah. Look, given the no, no, I'm talking about the revelations regarding Asada and the potential misconduct with the AFL's investigation. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, if Wider decide to come over the top of that, which they well might, if there's a perception of uh, misconduct on the part of Asada, um, that might get uh, hairy for everyone involved. It's a, it's absolutely bizarre that uh, Wider apparently haven't been 
keeping abreast of actual specifics in this case. Um, they, 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 they're having general conversations, is the quote. Um, it's where, whereby Asada might say, "Oh, look, we're, we're looking at charges," but they're not actually they're, they're not actually aware of any of the detail of the of the whole thing, which is it's kind of weird because it's no, it's too huge. early. The, the way it works is that Asada has to do the investigation, and then they put all the information to an independent anti-doping rule violation panel. And they're the ones who are going to have to look at the whole sports science as well as the legal aspects, and they'll make the decision whether whether to say to the AFL, okay, you've got you've got to issue infraction notices because there's enough evidence here to say that um, you know we recommend uh, you know six months, twelve months. They they make the recommendation. The AFL don't have to accept it, but it is it's that independent panel who will who will make the decision as to whether they believe there's a there's enough there to have a sanction. Yeah. No, I, then WADA can jump over the top. But WADA doesn't have to do anything at the moment. No, they don't. But I'm, I'm talking about John Fay's comments. So he's, come, oh, yeah, he's, chosen, he's chosen to come out and, and say what he, what he loosely knows. Uh, he probably shouldn't have said anything. And that's probably why he's backtracked, because he's just hampering the, the, the finalisation of the investigation. Look, this is going to, until Dank is interviewed, this is going to drag on and on and on and on. And I've been racking my brain as to why they haven't, um, interview Dank, and I suspect there's a whole lot of cross-referencing with what's happened in the NRL, and almost to the point whereby there's going to be so much shit there that Dank's got nowhere to move. Mm. I mean, they might not interview Dank for another three months. It's been four or five months already. And you, so can't, you can't have this finalised until Dank's interviewed. I, I have a question for you. Did, did, did... Do you do you believe? I mean, I know leg, I know the answer legally, but morally, do you think Asada has an obligation to wrap this up as quickly as they can? I don't. I don't think that's the case at all. They have a, they have an obligation to do it thoroughly. Correct. Do you, okay. I mean, we have criminal investigations that take take less time than this. I mean, uh, this is a very well resourced. Yeah, court cases that go six years, ten years. Uh, Absolutely, but the investigation aspect and the, 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 the determination to charge somebody does not take that long. An investigation that involves two of the major football leagues in the country, and we're talking 30-odd club, well, nearly 40 clubs, uh, we're talking 1,500 players, uh, officials, administrators, sports scientists, and we're talking, uh, you know, coordinating it with ASADA and two major football leagues. The federal government's involved. The ACCC uh, the is involved. There's a there's a lot of lot of play left in this. Plus, they got their normal work to do. They still got to test athletes. It's, it's I'm still surprised at how low the AFLP uh, Players Association is taking it all. Like they're just they're, I'm surprised we haven't heard more about it. Well, you'd think if there was any uh, if there was any serious. Um consideration or, or possibility that the Essendon players had been in, had been administered anything that was dangerous at the AFL PA would be would be far more vocal. Uh, I, I, I fully agree with you on that one. I have no idea why the AFL PA hasn't been much more vocal and, and, and much more front of house uh, in relation to this issue. It, it is of the of all parties involved and this may uh, this you put your conspiracy hats on if you like but uh, their funding derives directly from the AFL so it's uh, possible that there's a sit down and shut up thing going on there. That, that might be part of it. The other part of it is if you believe that a lot of shit happens, then take the Dale Lewis thing. When, in 2002 when he said 75% of players have, 
have used recreational drugs. He got jumped on straight away. If 75, 80% of AFL players are right at the edge or maybe over the edge or willfully over the edge, their players association are going to be told, you know, just hold on, hold off. There's, uh, just moving it along a little bit, there's, there's some calls in the forum today. There's a, a nice little thread that's been started this afternoon about, uh, and it's come up in a couple of threads, about forcing the commission to resign um, uh, on the basis of its handling of this situation. You, you seen who's on the commission? you got Richard Goiter from bloody um, Westfield. you got a... Um, West Farmers. Yeah, West Farmers, sorry. <laughs> you know, you've got an ex... Um, I think she's still on the family court. You've got some pretty powerful business people there. They're not going to resign. Well, there's... there's there's no mechanism that allows for the commissioners yeah. to be fired by the clubs either. Yeah. There literally is no mechanism. They can retire. There's compulsory retirement after two or three years, and then they can be re-elected by the commission. But there's no mechanism that allows the clubs to fire the commission at all. Can the can a, a majority vote by the clubs not remove commissioners? I might be mistaken in that, but no. I, I believe it's possible. There is absolutely no mechanism in the charter that allows for uh, commissioners to be removed by the clubs. It was part of the whole idea that the commissioners be completely independent from the clubs altogether. They can nominate them, but they can't remove them. That is absolute insanity as far as I'm concerned. They, well, they, they're restricted to... Uh, I've got my uh, season guide here, my AFL season guide. If it's not in this one, it's in a couple, a couple of editions ago. But, but basically, the clubs are restricted to kick, uh, allowing in clubs or yep. uh, kicking out clubs and mergers. That's a, that's the only thing where the majority or two-thirds majority of clubs can, can change the decision of the commission. Yeah. Here it is, Crawford Report. It, it um, comes down to uh, relocations, mergers, yeah. and, uh, yeah, new clubs. Yeah. Um, and, that's, that, and that's... You've got to remember, this was almost unilaterally chosen by the, the VFL clubs in 86 when they which, implemented the independent Which thus far has, been, has proven to be uh, a, a, an exceptional choice. I mean, we really did need an independent commission, but we now have a situation right now, possibly, um, where we may have had a need to, to remove commissioners, uh, and that includes uh, Demetrio, by the way, who is a commissioner, um, and, and there's just no recourse to do it. I'm, I'm not sure this sort of... To be, to be uh, perfectly frank, though, when 17 other clubs get up and back the Commission's position like they did uh, uh, the day the, in the days before the Essendon situation uh, went to the tribunal, went to the Commission, uh, I don't think there's a lot of support for removing commissioners. Did you, did you really? Did you, do you really think, though, that the 17 other clubs really had a great deal of choice in terms of? And this is not commenting on the uh, on the innocence or guilt of the Essendon Football Club. Uh, in relation to this particular saga, but there was no way that was ever going to end any other way, other than a unified front from seventeen other clubs. Yeah, but that's... With, with, with a few days to go before the finals. Absolutely, I mean, absolutely, it was going to be unified. It doesn't change the fact that seventeen clubs universally got up and said, uh, yeah. "Yeah, we we have uh, faith in the commission." Sure, absolutely, but it, you know, you can flip that on its other side and say, "Well, you know, it's it, it's an absolute fact that there's no Essendon player that's been infracted as yet." It's, it's it's just it's it's throwing piss into the wind basically. It doesn't. It make, no, it no, nothing. None of this changes the fact that your own internal report says that you encourage your club encouraged an experimental regime that was undocumented and Absolutely. unsafe. And I, and I think that the major that's why your club, the football club, has made thus far was calling for that internal report. No, the 
biggest problem your club had was encouraging a, pharmacolo a pharmacological experimental regime. That yeah, wasn't I mean, documented in, in, properly. In terms, of, in terms of revealing what went on, Jade, I agree, but that doesn't mean that it didn't occur. So you, you might have tripped yourselves up on a couple of points and made it, look, made it worse for yourselves here and there, but that didn't make... I mean, we're, we're talking about... We're talking about basically getting away with something on technicalities because they can't make make things stick every step of the way. That didn't. That doesn't mean that it didn't happen, though. Do you, th it do you think it's Do you think it's a fair thing to say that, as far as the actual Essendon players go, you really do? And I, I, I know the uh, the the powers of Asada and by extension wider in terms of not requiring proof. But when you're talking about the careers, um, you know, of what is effectively forty young fellows. I think there's an obligation of proof there. I think there's uh, you, know, an you need to be able to prove that they, that, that willfully or not, these players have broken the rules. I, I think, think that's what they're. Done. I think, yeah, I think they're looking for the proof, but but the, the code suggests they don't have to have absolute proof. Um, you know, look, I, I I think Essendon's saving grace is their safety in numbers. I mean, I look at I look at Ahmed Saad, and uh, Saad has just appealed the 18 month suspension he got. Um, so he, that poor guy is going to get two seasons, and it, it, it's it's easy to attack the the, the one off athlete. And I, I think the fact that I think Asada have, have a reasonable belief that uh, that uh, drugs such as Phymosin uh, Beta Four, you know, and uh, and who knows what the what what the AOD status is this week, but a reasonable belief that certain substances were on site at Essendon. That they were uh, talked about in in a, in a way that suggests that a, a lot of players were getting them, but because they can't actually say, you know, okay, we've got uh, you know we've got forty players and only thirty players are getting got it. We don't so want exactly to infract. We, we don't want to harm ten innocent people, ten innocent players, and that's the problem. So you're going to get a whole lot that, that may that may have been guilty and not followed up and not asked the questions that potentially could get away to save the innocent ones. That's where it becomes a, a, a club penalty, um, and that, and that's where you know it, it's sort of like if you if if, if you would have got. 30 players getting two-year suspensions, but you can't do that because you don't want to trap the innocent ones, then then whatever whatever comparable penalty should apply to the club. And that's way more than what the AFL have dished, dished out for governance issues. I don't Absolutely. know how you... Yeah. But, but, but as I said earlier, I, I'm, and please correct me if you have any other information, I believe that the ASADA does not have any power to infract the club itself. Not the club, no. He cannot say individuals. cannot say Essendon, you're banned in this competition and every other sporting competition for two years. Asada can't do that, Wada can't do that. As I said, there is scope for some officials under the Wada code to be banned from all sport. But there's, it would, a, there's it would also be another very there's another critical difference with Ahmed Saad's case and that of any Essendon player. He's got a positive. That's his that's He's got a positive test. Thing. Yeah, and if you look at if you look at Asada's page, it, it actually distinguishes under the uh, ADRV process. Um, you've got one process for if you test positive, and another test if it's an investigation. And this is an investigation, just like Absolutely. Armstrong. Armstrong, Absolutely. Armstrong technically never tested positive because when he did test positive in '99, the quarter zone they backdated the um, script for therapeutic use. So Armstrong got done for. Under an investigation process. Yeah. Okay. Um, w just final words from all of you on this 
Jade, where do you see this going? Um, oh, look, it's been an absolute debacle so far. I'm not sure where it's going to go. I suspect that there'll be... Um, certainly, we're going to have to have um, new processes and new um, controls in place for, for supplement use in the AFL. I think that ASADA themselves uh, will come under some review from the uh, from the government in terms of how they go about um, uh, conducting their investigations or their their function. Um, I'm still hopeful that uh, that that Essendon players themselves won't be infracted. Um, I think you know you, you you were you were dead right there in terms of uh, safety and numbers. Even if you can identify the fact that we believe there's a there's been six or seven players um, that have that have been administered banned substances or bad um, uh, bad processes is probably a good word for it. Um, you know, who who exactly do you infract? So um, where do I see it going? I, I see this is going to be the story that keeps on giving for another year at least. Yeah, it's, 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 there's a long way to go. Um, Russell Ebert Hamble, how do you see this going? As I said before, I, until Dank gets interviewed, I can't see this even getting close to being finished. And I suspect, as I said, I've been, I talked to a lawyer. More, I said, look, don't worry about the sport. Why would Asada keep these tactics? And he said, well, it depends if they're trying to match information. Mm. And Matt, that's where I think the NRL stuff um, it comes in. So if they've got... I don't know how far they're advancing the NRL stuff, but they're obviously thanks the big thanks the limp, right? That's that's obvious to everybody. As I said, um, Hibbert, Daniel Hibbert. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw the 7:30 report on Thursday. I put something on the report board, drugs in sport thread that we had going six months before this all broke out. Caro Meldrum Hannah had these um, emails between this Hibbert guy who's worked with Dank and the chief scientific officer of the CSIRO who was talking to him and got some advice on supplements. And he basically, and Hibbert basically predicted what was going to happen in 2008. And yep. he refused to talk, he refused to talk on Friday because of legal, legal technicalities. So you've got Hibbert and Dank still to give evidence. And until they give evidence, we're not even close. Yeah. Yep. ODN, how do you see Gama? Look, this whole saga is going to play out for all of our lifetimes, and I'll, and I'll tell you why, because there's a lot of bodies involved. There's a lot of people that are going to get disillusioned at one time or another. Every ex, Everybody that leaves the uh, place of employment always has their rights a book, has their say, makes shocking revelations down the track. So whether it's something uh, gone wrong in the AFL process or whether it's something gone wrong at Essendon and as a disgruntled player, eventually all players lose their, lose their spot in the team. You know, there's players that are going to get cut. Are they going to eventually talk once their career's over? I, I just think we're going to find sensationalist headlines for many years to come, um, based on based on people who, who, who suddenly become you know want to enlighten all of us. So um, it, it will continue. But I, I just had I just had one question for Jade. I, Jade, I assume that you you want her to come back and coach in 2015. In that in that case, is that because you feel he's done nothing wrong to deserve losing his job? Or partly because you want to give you want him to give a big up yours to the football community for the manner of their pursuit on Heard. I think there's there's probably two reasons that I, I do want James Heard to come back uh, and coach Essendon. Uh, reason number one being that yeah I I, I firmly believe that. Well, let me I'll, I'll start that again. Not that he's done nothing wrong. That he's done nothing worse than most clubs have done uh, as 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 the senior AFL coach, uh, and that is to be relatively 
nah, what's the word I'm looking for? Unknown, naive, for lack of a better word, in terms of what was actually happening. The second reason I want him to come back is because I genuinely believe that he was he was taking the club to uh, a relatively good position. I think from a from a performance perspective, the club has not looked this good for, for 10, 12 years. Um, uh, so you know that, those really are the two reasons I would like to come uh, would like him to come back and coach the club. Having said that, uh, obviously we've got a very very able. Um, replacement in in Bomber Thompson if it ever came to that and to be honest the, the the club itself has been rather evasive when when it comes to determining whether or not James Hurd has actually accepted his two year um, extension of contract there's been no confirmation of that as yet so uh, I hope that uh, answers your question okay I'll, my my last word on this um, the ban on Hurd and Corcoran from going to the Christmas party. Absolutely ridiculous. Smacks of absolute pettiness. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That is, that, is, that is nothing short of the AFL going, well, we might have lost this thing about the pay, but stand if you're going to the Christmas party. Well, you attended the Crichton Medal, I can tell you that much. What's it's going show on? Show party stuff. That is, that is just rubbish. How, how will the AGM go on Monday, uh, Jade? Uh, I'll be present um, for the AGM, I, uh, and I'll, I'll admit I've, I've never actually attended one before, despite being a member for a decade. Um, I don't know how it's go- going to go. I don't believe it'll be hostile. Um, I know that the, um, the 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 Essendon board for um, uh, for Big Footy has actually submitted uh, a list of questions, and they actually were quite probing questions to the board to be answered. Whether the, whether or not they actually get answered at the AGM is an entirely different question. Um, but we'll see. To be honest, uh, call me in twenty four hours, and uh, I'll be able to answer that question for well, you. We might, we might just do that. I might get you on tomorrow, uh, tomorrow night or something, and have a bit of a chat. Sure. Jade, uh, uh, I've got one question. Go for what it. Do you, what do you think of of Paul Little? Not, not as him. Uh, where do you think he's going to take this? Do you think he he's a, a, he'll take the litigious route? Uh, Paul Little, did you say? Yeah. Um, I think, um, obviously, I can't speak for the entire Essendon supporter base, but um, I, I, certainly for me, what concerned me about Paul Little was the fact that he came out with... When, when David Evans, obviously, um, uh, resigned uh, the position, uh, Paul Little came in with, with, with a lot of fire and bluster. It was a very aggressive um, Essendon after that point, whereas prior to that, it had been very much a, well, let's just see where the investigation goes um, policy. We had a uh, a press conference, um, and excuse me, I, I can't can't remember the date off the top of my head. But um, you know, only a matter of weeks in advance of the of the, the judgment, for lack of a better word, where he declared he'd lost lost faith in the AFL executive um, and and called on um, and called on Mike Fitzpatrick to take control. And then a matter of days, effectively later, we were uh, we were accepting these these rather harsh penalties. So I'm not sure. Uh, whether I mean I, I know I know that Paul Little is obviously a very successful businessman. Uh, I'm not yet sold on him as as chairman of the Essendon Football Club, and uh, and part of the questions we have to ask uh, of the board uh, at the AGM tomorrow um, will we'll, we'll go some way to answering that question for me. All right, and we we'll, we will catch up with uh, Jade after the uh, after the AGM. Guys, uh, we've been going for an hour, so I'm going to call the podcast there. If you want to stick around, um, we'll have a bit of a chat about the uh, financial stuff if you've got time. But otherwise, um, I'll I'll sign off for this particular uh, podcast. 
what just 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 one quick mention of a serious noble. Um, just wanted to make mention of a um, couple of deaths in, in AFL VFL circles um, that affected us. Uh, former West Coast rookie Michael Muscoolis died in a car accident that was chatted about on the on the uh, boards, but that's since our last podcast. Uh, and also, we've had uh, Northern Blues physio Erin uh, O'Connor. She was part of, was a victim of a hit and run incident. She's died after five days in hospital. And uh, her brother Eamon, uh, he was only nineteen and tried and uh, tried out in the lower levels for the Northern Blues. That uh, he passed away earlier in the year after an accident. So, uh, incredibly diff- devastating thing to happen to one family where they've lost uh, two of their two of their children and you know two of their siblings uh, in the space of one year. Um, so yeah, that's a that was they feel a big losses for the Northern Blues, and I don't remember uh, Maskoulis, but I think he was recently delisted. Uh, was he only on? Was he a rookie for last year with West Coast? He was very recent. He's quite young. So yeah, it's a bit, a bit of sadness and uh, you know, sort of uh, condolences to everybody concerned. It's a damn shame for all involved, and uh, my condolences to the families. Absolutely. Just in other yeah. news, uh, Liam Joe. In other news, Liam Jarrow is back behind bars. Uh, high speed. Yeah, I just, high I just got a, um, a PM from um, the guy that runs the Port Supporter Group in uh, in uh, Alice Springs. Yeah. Does it say here? It could soon be back behind bars. High speed chase in Alice Springs. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Carmichael Hunt is apparently staying with Gold Coast after the Broncos failed to uh, get him over to Rugby League. So. He was uh, he, look. He's been pretty good for for Gold Coast. I mean, he's certainly not a superstar by any stretch, but uh, actually turned himself into a into a rather decent midfielder there for a, for a little while. Yeah. First two years he was um, well. Look, they were they were kids, so he was a bigger bodied and he competed well. He struggled this year, but he did have a couple of injuries. But maybe the kids just uh, overtook him. All right, guys. Yep. Uh, last thoughts before you go. Anything else you want to bring up before we sign off? Um. Bring on 2014. I'm looking forward to it. It'll, it'll be nice to have a season that's hopefully unmarred by anything, really. It'd be nice to uh, be not be nice to win a game of football and 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 uh, and be confident that the, the points you got from that win uh, aren't going to be taken away from you at the end of the year. No, I don't think uh, you're going to be able to do anything about massive booing though next year. That's going to be uh, something of a plague that's going to follow you guys around. I suspect. All right, that's all right. Uh, along with the booing, we've got two wins over Carlton, so I think I'll take that to be honest. <laughs> Well, no, Luke Darcy will stamp out the billing for sure. Oh, so Matthew, Matthew and Richo, Richo, that's his bugbear, isn't it? So that'll be that'll be gone. But the, the, we said this before on the podcast, but the only thing that was great about this year, from a Carlton perspective, was that not only did we make the finals at Essendon's expense, but also at Richmond's expense. <laughs> it doesn't get any better than that for us unless we'd beaten Collingwood, but Collingwood got knocked out in the first round of the finals by Port Adelaide. So. It was a good year all round, folks. Not only <laughs> not only did we make the finals by default, but uh, we finished ahead of all of our rivals. And we've still got Richmond fans telling us that this is going to be their year. Uh, every, Richmond um, fans have been saying it's going to be their year since, like... 1983. 82 something. or something. <laughs> some things never change. They, they do that all the time. All right, uh, so we're going to say goodbye to... Well, goodnight to uh, our... Uh, our, our beloved panel messenger has already left because it's bath time at his house um, <laughs> he, he, he is he's always messy he's always messy so. he's, uh, there's always uh, there's always shenanigans going on there 
But thank you very much for coming on, uh, the Old Duck Navies. Uh, thank you, guys, and uh, may the guy in the funny red hat bring you something you like this year. It's a problem. When you're dad, you are the guy in the funny hat. Sorry, <laughs> sorry to all the kids out there listening. But, uh... <laughs> oh, that's, hey, just ruined it. <laughs> kids crying everywhere. <laughs> why, why not? My kids are too old to believe in that stuff now, so if I ruin see, it for everyone else... See, if you had told prosecutor that, he would not He would have started crying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Um, Jade, thank you very much for coming on. My pleasure. Uh, obviously, with a red with a red sash, it can be uh, you, you do tend to be a little bit of a target um, <laughs> on these things. But I think it was all above board, and I appreciate uh, appreciate everybody's opinions. Uh, we just wanted to have a balance for the uh, program because you know me and Odeon are Carlton people, and can't have uh, too much Carlton stuff when you're talking about this. And absolutely. Not. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Russell Lieber Hamble, thanks for coming on. Thanks for the invite, and um, happy Christmas to everybody, and uh, stay safe over that usually notorious Christmas New Year's period. All right, and good night from me. We'll see you all on the forums.